Hey, good morning. Hope everybody's having a great day today. Going to have a little bit of coffee. Hope you have your coffee ready this morning. We got an interesting topic to talk about today, and that's chest pain and rib subluxation in particular. But before we do all that, who am I? I'm Dr. Timothy Harcourt, neuromusculoskeletal medicine doc in Fort Myers. Been practicing 33 years and third generation chiropractic physician. Um, what's interest, so interesting about rib subluxation? Well, right now people aren't exactly signing up to go to the emergency room for every little pain, let's be honest. So it'd be nice to know whether or not you really should head in that direction or if you should go to the chiropractor, wherever you live. So we're going to talk about that. Very interesting. I have to say this condition is one of the more dramatic conditions when we reduce a rib that's out of place. Um, a lot of people end up hugging us for that one. I mean, that's a pretty serious uh, change in from severe pain to no pain in a matter of seconds when we make that change. So anyway, it's an exciting one we're doing today. Listen, hey, if you know of somebody um, <clears throat> that's suffering from chest pain, maybe they went into the doctor and, you know, hey, we can't help you and take these pills and they're doing that and it's not getting any better. Even if you live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, you know, it'd be nice to know this information, right? So if you know of somebody that needs to hear it, please uh, tag them. Uh, and also any comments that you have, go ahead and put in. We love the comments. By the way, our quite a bit. So we're going to cover that. Now, let's just talk about this for a second. There's a lot of different uh, causes of chest pain. And you know, everybody's worried about their heart. We get that. And by the way, if you're having heart pain, go to the hospital, right? Um, <clears throat> but how can you tell the difference? How can you tell if it's a serious problem versus, say, like a mechanical problem with the rib or the back? Uh, the very first thing to think of is if you do anything exertional, it, it gets worse. That's you need to start thinking about the heart. The next thing is if um, it feels like there's pressure on your chest, like somebody's sitting on your chest um, and that pressure doesn't change no matter what mechanical movement you make it's still there, you need to be thinking about your heart, right? Um, if you can bend a certain way and it changes quite a bit and goes away, not so much the heart probably. That's more mechanical, okay? So practically speaking, you go up and down the steps and your chest hurts, that you should be thinking about going to the hospital on that one. Uh, the other thing is if you're sweaty, diaphoretic, you know, you're sweating and, you know, you have a sense of impending doom, time to go to the emergency room, okay? Because I can tell you with a rib that's out of place, there's not impending doom. It just hurts like heck, you know. There's just a lot of pain and it just, you know, you can't hardly do anything else. It has your attention, okay? So let's talk about what a rib out of place looks like practically speaking. Well, you might have been lifting and twisting even minutes before or even the night before or whatever. Maybe you were coughing a lot. Um, maybe somebody's elbow was under your rib cage in the back all night long. Who knows? It could. These are the three major reasons that people 
will knock a rib out of place. Um, and now you have chest pain. But the thing is, you can lean one way, it gets better. You lean another way, it gets worse. And you can keep doing that if you want, and it's still going to do the same thing. That's pointing much more towards a rib problem than it is a heart, okay? You go up and down the steps with a rib, it doesn't hurt you anymore. It just still hurts, right? So that's one of the big ways to know the difference between whether or not it's a rib out of place or you're actually having a heart attack or other problem. Let's talk about some of the other less common reasons to have chest pain. Of course, an infection in your lung can cause chest pain for sure because it can refer to the outer wall of the chest. Now, you're going to have other symptoms with that. You're coughing, most likely, um, or you're in respiratory distress. So that's a fairly easy one. Usually when there's chest pain from the lungs, you don't have to wonder where it's coming from. Um, there is a syndrome on the front of the chest where it gets inflamed uh, called Tzatziki syndrome. And um, it's really unknown what causes that. For years and years, they thought it was from a virus. Then they thought it was from microtrauma and actually still don't know. Um, so it's more common in 40 and younger. Okay. Now there's another more common condition in the chest on the sternum, uh, same areas to Zizi syndrome called costochondritis. And that's generally middle to later age, but it can affect younger as well. And, but the difference is there's no visible inflammation with that. It's just painful. Okay. So they do know that um, like if you're a member of a zipper club, you've had heart surgery and you had to have your sternum split open so they could get in to work on your heart. They generally wire that back together. Uh, sometimes that can just remain inflamed. Sometimes it doesn't fuse properly and that can hurt from that. But you generally know that's what it is because you had that pain ever since they did the surgery. So um, there are a lot of different ways uh, we can get chest pain. The breast can cause some chest pain, usually more on one side or the other, and it's usually not a sharp pain, although it could be. Um, and then obviously you're going to do self-checks and going to go to the doctor if you find anything abnormal there for sure. Um, you'll see the steps that I have here. Um, that's a very simple test to do to determine the difference between whether it's mechanical or heart related. Um, you know, there are other conditions in the chest where the aorta can split. That's a very, very serious problem. Uh, if that happens, you have only minutes uh, to get that taken care of uh, because otherwise um, all the blood leaks out. And, you know, that's, that's a huge problem. Uh, fortunately, it's fairly rare, but it can happen. That's usually a sharp, uh, like lightning bolt type of pain in your chest. Not always, but it's hard to ignore that one. Um, and that one, you know, there is usually a sense of um, doom or there's a real problem that you, you know you need to get that taken care of. Now, let's just now let's having said all. And by the way, um, I have to tell you, um, this session is not intended to make a diagnosis for your condition. Uh, nor is it suggestion for treatment if you're having chest pain. Uh, this is something that has to be evaluated by your healthcare provider. If I'm local to you and you have chest pain, by all means, uh, unless you have the symptoms of what I described for your heart, uh, 
uh, I'm happy to help you out. Um, so anyway, uh, I always have to get that in there. Uh, and by the way, um, hey, listen, we want to hear about other topics, right? Uh, what might be interesting to me may be some completely different than you. Um, we may have a completely different subject next week. We'll see. I'm going to leave it as a teaser for you. Uh, maybe completely unrelated to uh, a lot of the things we've been talking about. So uh, let's talk about now a rib subluxation and how we help that and actually what happens. So you'll see uh, the pictures of the, the ribs here. Um, ribs can go forward, they can go backward, they can go up or down or a combination of those things. There's an attachment in the front to the sternum, the breastbone, and in the back, there's an attachment to the vertebra. They can sublux or get malpositioned in either place or both. It can hurt in the front and the back, or it can just hurt in the front or just hurt in the back. It just depends on how bad the rib is out of place. Uh, a typical scenario that we see, I was lifting and twisting, Doc, and man, this thing is killing me. And I just can't get away from it. And this thing hurts like heck. You know, and a lot of people say, well, I went to the hospital. They ran all these tests, $5,000 worth of enzymes and stress tests, and they can't find anything. Um, so that is almost about as clear as it gets. That that's probably going to be what, what the emergency room calls as non-cardiac structural chest pain is what I call rib out of place. Okay. Interestingly enough, um, I was picked to uh, develop a department of chiropractic back in Pennsylvania, and that was one of the things that we were going to treat because the emergency room doctors back there estimated that of all the people that uh, showed up at the emergency room, at around 50% of those people, the diagnosis was non-cardiac structural chest pain. So there's a lot of people going into the hospital that don't actually have a heart problem. And then the unfortunate thing is they're not actually getting a fix for that either when they leave because um, there aren't too many hospitals that offer uh, professional reduction of a rib subluxation. Unfortunate for sure, but that's just that's just reality. And in today's uh, climate of everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people being real concerned about getting uh, exposed unnecessarily uh, in a facility like that. Um, you know, they want to be sure that this is something they need to go to the hospital for. That's exactly why I'm going over this topic this morning. Um, so back to rib subluxation. So the person was lifting and twisting. It's a pain they can't get away from. It hurts like heck. Uh, they end up in our office. Uh, yeah, we have to look at it and palpate it. it means we have to, you know, push on the front of the chest, the back of the the, the chest wall at the thoracic spine and find out is the rib out of place. Now, if it is out of place, we'll find it uh, because it's not too hard to find. I mean, you know, it hurts. So we're going to find out if it's the rib out of place. Now, the one thing we didn't say yet is you could actually break a rib too, right? But most people that break a rib don't have to wonder how it happened. It's usually some sort of significant trauma to break a rib. Uh, the only way you can break a rib and not have a significant trauma is if your your bones are very weak and you know, osteoporosis type of thing. Um, but usually if you break a rib, you know exactly what happened because it, it was it, it took a, a pretty significant force to make that happen. 
So what are examples with that? What can actually do that? Well, say up north you slide and you fall on the ice and you hit something uh, with your chest. That's a good way to do it. Uh, you run into you're running and you run into something sharp. Uh, corner corner of a cabinet. Um, you know, uh, sports injuries, uh, car accident. And by the way, before I forget it, we do have to talk about your seatbelts. Now, your seatbelts save lives, and we're saying go ahead and wear your seatbelt. But the thing is, um, you know, with most things, there's an upside and a downside, right? Um, and so that seatbelt's designed to keep you from flying out of the car, keep you from hitting the windshield, keep you from flying all over the inside of the car in an accident. And that can be life-saving in itself. So the, the studies are clear on that. Um, but the downside to it is that it can irritate the uh, sternum in the chest, uh, the ribs. So, I mean, that's blunt trauma. Now it's, and by the way, don't drive around with your seatbelt all curled and stuff. Could you imagine how that would feel if you're actually in an accident? Uh, yeah, don't do that. Make sure your seatbelt is flat. It's not, it, you don't have it in tangles, you know, keep it the way it's supposed to be. Take that extra 15 seconds to straighten it out. Believe me, uh, it's worth it. It really is. Because even with the flat belt, we see people having costochondritis, rib subluxation, rib fractures, that kind of thing. So we see a lot of people that are in auto accidents and, um, you know, that's one of the common symptoms and side effects of wearing a seatbelt. It's a necessary thing, but it's also, and we didn't even start, we didn't even talk about airbags yet. So most cars have an airbag right on the steering wheel that basically blows up at, I don't know what it is, 800 miles an hour or something. It's crazy. It comes out pretty quickly. And it actually can do trauma to you uh, to keep you from getting killed, uh, you know. But once again, uh, it, they've been proven to save lives. And, you know, so that's why we have them. Um, but it can it can irritate your chest. So it comes flying out of your steering wheel and hits you in the chest. It can definitely cause a costochondritis. Um I don't I'm not aware of too many rib fractures with that because they're balloons. So there's, you know, other than when they had those defects with uh, Tanaka's or I can't remember the name offhand, but there was uh, a defect in some of the airbags that was causing abnormal injury and even death with some people. I believe that's completely taken care of now. Um, but anyway, the airbags that come out, they're designed to keep you from having serious injury. Um, and but they can and do cause some um, trauma to you. Um, not all the time, but sometimes. So uh, better to have them than not, for sure. Okay. So um, let's get back to rib subluxation. So let's just say you somebody's elbow is under your back. You're on your back, but their elbow slid underneath your back. You wake up and you're like, man, what in the world is going on? You know, I got the sharp pain in my back that comes straight to the front of my chest. Um, well, you, you probably have a rib subluxation, you know. Uh, so if you stand up and you bend one way, bend another way, and it changes, that's probably what it is. Uh, people ask me all the time, can you put it back in yourself? 
Good luck. I mean, uh, I'll give you an example for me. I put a 19 aluminum canoe on my car one time, getting ready to drive the main 22 hour drive. Um, cause I was too impatient to wait for somebody to help me. Um, so anyway, I lifted that canoe and twisted and put it on the car and I don't really know what that weighs, but I know it's more than 50 pounds and it's less than probably 200 pounds. So I'm guessing around 100 pounds or somewhere in there. That's a heavy canoe. It was a well-built canoe. Um, and uh, I definitely knocked a rib or two out. And I actually didn't go anywhere until my brother fixed it. Um, and he did. He got it back in. And then I was able to go to drive 22 hours straight without stopping. But I'll guarantee that wouldn't have happened if I didn't get the rib in. And I wouldn't have enjoyed seven days in Maine either. So, um, you know, there usually is a pretty uh, noticeable reason in retrospect why your rib is out of place. But I can tell you there's still a fair, fairly significant percentage of patients that don't know why it's out of place because they just never knew that that could do it. In fact, many people don't even know a rib can go out of place because um, they don't hear from it from their family doctor because it's not something they diagnosis, you diagnose usually because it's not something they take care of. Um, now, some of the more astute family doctors are aware of it, and they do make that diagnosis and make the proper referral to a chiropractor. And uh, kudos to them and kudos to the fact that they're helping their patients to a higher degree. I think you're seeing medicine becoming more astute and aware that, you know, there are limitations to what they do. And that if there's a mechanical problem in the body, it probably will respond better to a mechanical cure. And if there's a, chem a chemical problem in the body, it may indeed respond better, better to a chemical cure. Um, the good news for you and I is that most problems are not chemical problems. Most problems in the body are mechanical problems. So, um, you know, especially when it comes to neuromusculoskeletal problems, which is what I specialize in. I don't specialize in heart surgery or brain surgery or any of that stuff. I specialize in taking care of what affects most people. Um, so anyway, uh, rib subluxation is one of those somewhat unknown conditions that can cause severe pain and can feel a whole heck of a lot better when you get it fixed. I'm hopeful that whatever we said today is helpful for you. Um, any comments, uh, go ahead and send those in. And I'm just telling everybody, you know, everybody's saying stay healthy, stay strong. But the biggest thing I want to tell you is stay active and also stay creative. Make a difference in your life today. When you make a difference in your life, you're going to make a difference in the people's lives around you. And you're going to make a difference in this world. Be, be sure to create something today that did not exist when you woke up. Thanks for watching. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.